Hello and welcome to the final episode of the NRL Bulldogs Fan Podcast for 2019. I'm Matt and I'm once again here with Scotty. Scotty, how are you? Yeah, I'm going well. I'm excited for the 2020 with the new technology we released last week and the, um, we said we're going to be bringing in in 2020. So our last, ep- our last episode of this old fashion, I guess, <laughs> until the new yeah. tech comes in. So hopefully that makes a bit of a difference. But uh, let's push on with this one and let's get straight into what's happening at Belmore. So Andrew Hill now is the CEO of the Touch Touch Football Premiership as well as being the CEO of the Bulldogs. Busy man. Yeah, so congratulations to him on securing that job and uh, hopefully the NRL Touch Premiership goes from strength to strength. Uh, Does he get a second office, you reckon? Uh, yeah, I suppose. I, I don't know. I'm not 100 percent sure. He might be down at uh, NRL HQ now. I'm not sure. Well, here is he doing all the uh, work from the uh, Bulldogs HQ as well. Um, interesting. Very, very nice. busy man, but we'll roll on anyway. Sione Katoa, the uh, story the Bulldogs released, the uh, cold call he actually made to Dean Pay and actually had a chat to get the ball rolling to get the Bulldogs ready for a change and. Familiar. I mean, this is familiar. Some of it was familiar with the uh, few of the ex ex Panthers players, and uh, obviously Steve Gonzalez was at the Panthers for a little bit. But the uh, uh, very bizarre way. I've never heard a story quite like that before for a player to get a a club. Yeah, well, he's obviously seen the writing on the wall at Penrith after they've signed Apisau Corusau, and they got Wade Eagle over there as well. So. So he's looking for a new club, knew that there was an opportunity at the Dogs after Michael Leach got let go and uh, made the first step. It's good on him and hopefully um, he performs for us on the field. Had a yeah. good international season for Tonga. It's just it's such a good story, eh? Just the yeah. way he picked up the phone and made things happen for himself. Just one of, looks like he's one of those people who will make things happen. So that's exciting. Good attitude to have at the club. Indeed. The boys had the uh, the, uh, the 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 first shot to check out the new the new boys in the club uh, was that held at the uh, first members session this week with uh, the uh, boys being at Belmore Sports Ground and they dished up a feast for the members forum and had a chance to uh, get your first snaps with some of the new players uh, and also the normal fan favourites. Um, food a bit different, uh, a bit of a different one. How they were dishing out food, I was unable to go. It looked pretty good on social media though. Yeah, so if you were there, let us know how it went and uh, what information came out of that. Yeah, I just, but I also like just the uh, engagement. I liked the uh, how the players were handing out food. It just felt really uh, very community based. Um, I mean, I wish it was held a little bit maybe on the weekend or something, but oh well. Um, I do like that. Um, I suppose there's no Christmas party, maybe. They usually have like a Christmas members' day, but maybe not this year. But I, I did like that as a little way to get members. The, the players dishing up to the fans, eh? I thought yeah. that was pretty cool. Uh, uh, oh, we got Joe Stimson. Yeah, so Joe Stimson loving the history at the Bulldogs. Um, he spoke a little bit more to NRL.com this week, talking about his uh, move from Melbourne to the Bulldogs and why would he make the move from a team consistent as consistent as Melbourne to the team who's rebuilding at the Bulldogs. He spoke about the opportunity, how he wants to stamp a first-grade spot uh, as his own, make that jersey his own, um, and loving the history around the club where uh, it's full of plays on the wall, some famous faces, and he's really uh, getting that set, like etched in him. Uh, so he's very 
very excited to see if we can do some pride in the jersey that these legends have done in the past. Indeed. And the Bulldogs try to bring a Christmas present to all us fans and secure Josh Jackson by Christmas time. Would you like it on Christmas Eve? Wouldn't that be a good present? Or would you make the announcement on Christmas Day, eh? Is that, no, is no. that is true? But they're going to do it uh, this upcoming week, the week before Christmas, surely. The week before Christmas, yeah. It'll be a nice little uh, Christmas present. Um, that's what Fox Sports is reporting. The Bulldogs are trying to secure the captain. There's been a few times he's been linked to other clubs, but nothing seems to come from it. But yeah. uh, it'll be a great, great little Christmas present un- unwrapping Josh Jackson's signature. That'd be a good one. I would like that as under the Christmas tree this year. There's been a couple of results on the social medias as far as the 2020 round one teams go, so the voting. Yeah, so those two on Instagram that are Will Hopawati and Morgan Harper was picked for the centers. Yep. Interesting. Uh, and then also the 5-8 was Lachlan Lawson, both, site, uh, both social medias sites. Well, there you go. So the what are we moving on to now? The halfback? The halfback's up now on Twitter. It will be up yep. on Instagram very shortly from this recording anyway. And that will be closed on Tuesday the 17th of December at 12 o'clock. The votes will stop being counted there. Um, interesting thing is when we started this, the uh, Twitter and Instagram team, I wanted to see how different it would be. So far, the team's exactly identical. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe some people are, there's people are doubling up, are they, on their votes across the platforms, perhaps? <laughs> Possibly. But we always have our little chat the centers for you for round one up? Uh, yeah, I think I went with Hopalati and Harper. You did? I'm happy sure with that? I did. Were you happy with, are you, now that you've got time to reflect on your decision, are you happy with the decision by the fans? Where yeah, voted? absolutely. Okay. The 5-8, Lachlan Lewis, are we happy yeah. with that one? Or? Look, my, my halves for, next, for round one next year would be uh, Cogger and Wakeham. That's, that's how I'd go. In the halves. Mm. So I'm pretty happy with the centers. I, I'd like to see Morgan Harper get the first crack. I don't know if that's going to happen, but I'd like that to happen. Um, but yeah, I would have Wake for me winning the 5 8 personally. There you go. Uh, but I, I will say that, judging by everything that uh, is coming out of the club at the moment, it does sound like Conger and Wake are fighting each other for. A spot to partner Lewis. Maybe a bit of a smokescreen, maybe? Could be. A lot can change over the uh, preseason, but um, well, I think that's just... the way that it's looking at the moment. So I guess the fans or the people who are voting are, are spot on at this yeah. stage, at least. Maybe a lot of voting with the head and not the heart, or I don't know. It's, it's interesting to see how pe- different people vote. When they get a real uh, attachment to a player, emotional attachment, then if they're voting with their heart or not their head or vice versa, or how some people could be a bit rough on some players, I think, what I've found on social media, on Twitter recently. Yeah, I think we could be probably guilty of that as well. Oh, yeah, of course. I think everyone is, but uh, yeah, it's a bit just interesting. It'd be interesting when we go into the forwards more and see if the halfback one vote changes anything, but when we jump into the forwards and see if there's any changes between the Twitter and Instagram team. Because so yeah. far it's identical. Do <laughs> the forwards make a mix or something? I don't know. Alrighty. Should we just roll straight into Rugby League World, Scotty? I think that is a good idea. 
All right. So, um, well, you've you've picked up an idea off uh, off this off Twitter, I think. About yeah, a little wishing game. I think it's yeah. I think it's a fun game. Bit of we're in the Christmas time, so we can have a bit of fun on the podcast. So, who started this game? I don't know. I just saw it a few different. Uh, I couldn't tell you who started it. I'd be happy to credit them. But um, <laughs> I did see a few of them, so I couldn't. I saw a few of them on the same day. Okay. So I couldn't tell you which one started it. However, I thought it was good fun. I thought, being footy fans ourselves, that we'll come up with three things that we wish for, um, which nothing to do with the Bulldogs. So as a regular game itself. So three things that we would wish for that would happen in the game next season, but yeah. it can't be about the Bulldogs. So Bulldogs winning the grand final is not an answer. Alrighty. More of a given. We a given wish. Alright, we'll go on then. What's your three wishes? Okay, so I thought of it one. I would like to see the captain's challenge gone midway through next year. <laughs> Fair enough. Bang, number yeah. one. Well I, I don't number think it'll two. be successful either, so uh, yeah. I, I don't I don't think a challenge system's needed in rugby league. But okay, go. Um I could go and I would like to see the Gold Coast Titans make the top eight with Justin Holbrook being the former Bulldogs and South Cup coach. <laughs> nice <I> connection. Think... <laughs> <laughs> but I thought it'd be a good thing for the game. Yep. Um, number three, that was talking about a few things. I would love, I don't know, for the SCG, I would love a traditional, you know, more old school Sydney teams to play the first grand final of the SCG in in a while. So someone like maybe like a, a like you know a Dragons or you know Parramatta the teams who obviously us although it can't be Bulldogs related I mean so George Lawrence so George Lawrence of South Sydney or something yeah and like you know it's teams who dot like you know the teams like there's just the history around it imagine like it would be a bit funny if the Warriors and Titans made it yeah <laughs> well West well, West probably the West Tigers are there as well yeah the West Tigers the history like, of you know, Western suburbs yeah those traditional Sydney clubs yeah well, I mean with bit of history I know that some of them emerge but you know just love to see too just you know it'll be like almost a 1980s throwback of some sort alrighty I'm going to so, stay away from the uh, NRL for my wishes I'm going to wish that the Bradford Bulls get promoted to Super League ooh the Super League yeah, yeah. For, for the championship so uh, go Bradford uh, I'm obviously a Bradford supporter so I don't know if I broke the rules there but you said nothing Bulldogs related so no, that's, no you're right <laughs> I'm happy with that one uh, yeah, so hopefully Bradford can get promoted back into the Super League. That'd be a great result for the club and for the game as a whole in the UK. Um, I hope Toronto make the finals in the first season of the Super League. I think that would give the competition a massive buzz uh, in the way they promote things over there. That'd be great. Um, and I hope that the international, I wish that the international game just continues to grow from strength to strength, like we've seen over the last since the last World Cup. So, I, like, I like what you did there. Yeah. Mine was more wish. Yours is a, a, a bit of emotion, but a lot of um, positive. If this team, like you no know, Toronto, making the finals, yeah. it would be massive, especially in the American market. In the Canada, yeah, um, it will continue to grow the game, and grow the competition of the Super League. So that that'd be my wishes anyway. All right, moving on. We've got Josh Reynolds down on the run sheet. Scotty, we'll talk about the recent Josh Reynolds news. Oh, 
Jeez, like Louise. Breaking, breaking news. I couldn't believe that. They started to refresh the page about five times because I... Yeah, so I came out... Name there. Came out yesterday. Josh Reynolds has been charged with domestic violence, so it's a bit of a shock. But, I mean, we've had... I mean, it's on a very hard luck. Like you've always said it's uh, definitely a matter for the courts to take a look at. It's not a light situation, but... Just, you know, the interaction we've had in the past with Josh Reynolds at the Bulldogs and plenty of members' days, and I've had a very positive one with Josh Reynolds where he actually, when I was just eating at the same cafe as he was wearing a Bulldog shirt, that he invited invited two of us to go and sit with the team. Yeah. Like a, group, like a good portion of the team, and it was actually he, was the, he made the invite. He made the first interaction. And yeah. once we rejected that, he actually, like, you know, it's it's fine. We want you to sit with us. It was, we thought I thought it was more of a hassle, but he kept got like he kept saying, "Yeah, please, please do, please do." So the character is very shocked. That's what I'm all I'm going to say. It was very shocked in the news. Yeah, well, great character um, if he has done something wrong, then he needs to be punished. Obviously, um, of course, he's just been charged. He hasn't been convicted yet. Um, from what, yeah. From our meetings with him, he's always been a great guy. Uh, but the only thing I'll say is domestic violence can range widely from, you know, actually throwing punches and intending to hurt someone to just reaching out and grabbing someone could be considered domestic violence as well. So um, leave yeah. it's good and nothing's an excuse, but I'm just saying there's different levels, of course. Um, so, yeah, pretty, pretty unfortunate news to hear that. Uh, pretty disappointing news, but Yeah, we'll keep we'll keep the show rolling. Um, And our old new rule changes. Yeah, new rule changes. Um, What do you think? There's a few of them, a handful of them. I'm pretty Um, disappointed with uh, almost all of them, to be honest. So why don't we just run through it quickly for those who might have been off a social media ban or living under a rock in the last fortnight? (laughs) Yep. We'll run through one by one. I'll go with the uh, 2040 rule. So, like a yeah. 4020, except you're inside your own 20. Like, approve or disapprove? And we'll have a chat just individually, I reckon. Just to... Well, yeah, I'd, I'd go disapprove for that rule. Um, in the NRL, at least. I like it in the Nines. I like it as a, like a, like a charity game or an expedition game or something like that, but I don't think it should be a real in like a serious competition. Yeah, I I do agree. The only positive I do see, I saw a lot of people saying that um the the like if you get stuck in your own twenty and tackle three, tackle four, and you kick a twenty forty, should you really be rewarded for having like poor go for it? But one thing like could possibly say, I don't know if players would actually remember it in the game, especially early on next season, but if you, you know, off kickoff, maybe go for a 2040. Off so kickoff? Yeah, so someone kicks it off, you see a halfback, he's inside yeah. the 10, and just boots it straight back. But another thing would be um, a little bit, if you, I mean, I suppose the wingers, if you keep doing that, the wingers might drop back, so it'll open up some space in the field to actually spread the ball in your own half, maybe. So yeah, well, that, it, it, that's it depends on that, how the teams approach it. That's obviously the aim from the NRL. The NRL has brought this rule in, thinking that if enough people go for the 2040s, wingers will have to stay back, which means um, 
there's two less people in the defensive line, or at the very least one less person in the defensive line, uh, which means that you've got uh, more more chance of open play. Um, and even if you have your fullback on one of the edges, I suppose you kick the ball straight down, with like chip a chase in the middle of the field and they gain it. So it opens up more attacking plays. And uh, in a way, I think, like, good on the NRL for being creative and trying to come up with a way where we can see more open football. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't even see teams going for it too often, to be honest. Like, I'm going to be like of, the depth thing. Well, think of a game situation. If you're, hard, if you're behind by 12 points, you're stuck in your own end, would you go for a 20-40 and give the other team a whole set inside your half? Like that that's yeah. a big risk. Um if you're leading, you're not gonna go for it. Because you don't want to give yeah. the other team the opportunity to get back into the game. Um, oh, you'd yeah. only you'd only ever do it, I suppose, if it's um close. A tight game. But even then, if you do it yeah. and it doesn't come off, you've just given away possession and territory. So I would if I was a half I you know, traditionally the ball gets kicked to a five eight or a half back usually, depending if they're a goal kicker or not. Yeah. Like I would be tempted almost to you know, catch it, especially if it's one of those shorter ones that goes to the ten meter line, you've got to run forward to the ball. Yeah, does not go into the try. I'd be almost tempted there just to boot it straight back up. Like as in you catch a lot of players off guard at the very least, because they'll be all charging down the field and you kick it straight back over their heads. Will we end up seeing a um the old kicking duel come back? Fullbacks that kick and Two players going for twenty. One's going for a twenty forty. The other's going for forty twenty. Back and forth. Well, that could be quite boring. And everyone's <laughs> offside. Because you'd have everyone's offside almost. So you'd just run straight back at them. Well, they yeah. could stay. They could stay ten meters out. Oh, that's true. Anyway, that's right. yeah. move to another rule. Uh, we'll go to the scrum one now. Hey, how about that one? Yeah, I know you like the idea of this one. I do. I actually, I wouldn't say it was a must, but it was a change. I wasn't even thinking of it as a change in the off season. But I don't, I don't mind the idea of you know picking where you get your scrum, especially if the other team knocked off. So you yeah, can so you got you know, stack options. up your strong side. Yeah, you got, yeah, you got three options: ten minutes in from touch, twenty minutes in from touch, or in the middle of the field. Um, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure. Uh, I don't think too many people would be picking ten minutes in from touch. I think a lot of the time, if you're in an attacking position, you might pick the middle of the field to, to get half your players on one side and half on the other side and make the defensive team have to make a decision on mm. which way the ball's going to go. Or um, you could possibly stack up one side and have, like, both... If you have one, one side, you have both your wingers almost next to each other, like Melbourne did with Adokar and Vunavalu, who... Yeah. Um, that was pretty scary. Then you had, I think, Will Chambers inside them too. That was a definitely a scary edge. Definitely opens the game up to more scrum play. My biggest concern about this rule is, um, from what I've read, player has captain has five seconds to tell the ref where he wants to scrum, and if he doesn't, I'm not sure what happens because it wasn't explained. I would imagine myself personally just go to the what normal spot would be in that, like where they're not. Yeah, possibly. That's what, uh, that's what makes sense to me. But does he I'm, does he lose the scrum? Does the scrum go to the other team? Is it a penalty? I don't know. Hasn't been detailed. And I think that leads into another one of the real changes. Um, so I'll give that a quick... I'm going tick for that one, anyway. Yeah, I'm going unsure at the moment. Question uh, mark. Depending on uh, <laughs> the details of the rule. 
But yeah, so moving on, another rule that hasn't been fully explained yet and apparently won't be explained in full until February, which is one month before kickoff, is the Captain's Challenge. You've already said you're not a fan. So no, definitely not. Definitely not a fan of stopping the game, so a player can challenge a core, stopping the game artificially, so a player can challenge a knock-on or, or something like that. Um, but you can't challenge so a try-scoring situation. From what we know so far, each team will have one challenge uh, per match or per half, so that hasn't even been decided. How it will work hasn't been decided or told to anybody. When you can challenge and when can't you challenge hasn't been decided. So they've made this announcement with absolutely no detail. And they say that they'll tell us in February. Um, I'm sure the clubs will be happy to know the rules only one month before kickoff. They'll do all their pre-season just as they come into trials. Oh, by the way, guys, this is the rule. Interesting yeah. thing is one of the reports from the Channel 9 report, the Neil Bean or... Breen. Breen, sorry. Yeah, I apologise. He reckons, just a report from him, that you can't challenge a try-scoring situation yeah, because the referee will have the bunker to go to. Right, yeah. And he reckons you, you can challenge a knock-on, but if the ball is being picked up by the opposition team, the referee's made the call, you can't stop the game. So <laughs> I see a lot of... Uh, if he's correct, we don't know if he is 100% correct just yet because the official word, like you said, will come out in February. If he's correct, I thought I said the only way the challenge system will work is if you challenge a try-scoring situation yeah, where the game comes to a stop anyway. Even if the referee blows a try... Well, well if, Neil's, if, if Neil's right, that's going to cause all sorts of uproar because the times that you would uh, want to challenge the most is going to be the, the same times the other team tries to play on quickly. Yeah, because I'm just thinking, I thought, you know, the only way it would work is if they got rid of the referee going to the bunker. Yeah. And just had a try or no try situation. That's the only way it can work. And you have one or two challenges or whatever. You make your decision how many challenges a game or a half. Yeah. If it's like that successful one like the cricket. If you're successful, you get to hold it. And if it's unsuccessful, you throw it in the bin. Or whatever. Like whatever. If it's like that, the only time I could see it work is if they got rid of the, the referee going to the video, like to the bunker and using video thing. Like the referee just makes a decision. Then a challenge. Yeah, I, I, I would single. I would definitely be supportive of that system because um, that system actually speeds the game up. Instead of yeah. having, instead of having say six tries in a match and five of them have gone to the bunker, um, mm. maybe we you'd only have two going to the bunker because of the challenges or something along those lines. That would speed the game up quicker. Referees making decision, players can challenge on a try scoring opportunity, but if you get it wrong, you lose your challenge. And you can't challenge anymore. So, um, it also bring back the celebration of a try, wouldn't it? Like these yeah. days, a try happens, the crowd goes up, and then the crowd goes back down as we go to the bunker. Um, having that challenge system the way you described it would bring back that instant reaction, and the whole sitting down to go to the bunker and holding your breath sort of thing will only be um, a couple of times a game. Yeah, instead of eighty percent of tries. Yeah, and what one other concern I have is with the challenge. Yep. How are we going to get the um, watching on TV? You can hear the referees talk. Yep. You can hear that, and you can maybe hear a captain say, "Yeah, challenge," or you, you know. 
what single are we going to get for the people who are paying to watch the game at the venue? Like, what yes. are we going to get? Does the captain not... have to hold his hand in a certain way to challenge? Or yeah, is that? But even if it's that T thing at the cricket, like the cricket's a stop, a more stop-start game. Yeah. Here's the chance for a camera to catch the cricket captain. In, I'm talking yeah. about more of the fielder or the batter. And they've got like that, what, I think 15 seconds or something like that, and they can make the T. But because it's a stop-start game, it's easy for the camera to catch the, um, the moment for the people at home. And then almost now in cricket, you actually watch it to happen. And then you, your first reaction, if it's a fielding one, you look, you try to find your cap on the field. Yeah. To see it yourself. We'll be interested so, to see how it's supposed to work going forward. Um, have, we, have we missed another rule change? Oh, the trainers. Ah, uh, yeah. I think there was two more. What, the trainers are going to be, what, blue and yellow shirts are going to be on the field less often now. And also, like- if there's a... Um, a pl- uh, ball hitting a referee or a trainer or something like that, it will go back to the previous play of the ball. Which I think makes sense. Yeah, I- I'm always a bit sceptical when we come up with rules saying, I'll oh, just go back and do it again. Makes it-, makes it feel like a bit of a children's game to me than a professional sport. But I wasn't even happy with the whole, uh, when you offload the ball at the same time, referee calls held, go back and play it again. So to me, it's an extension of that. I suppose if we're going to have that offload rule, but this rule makes sense. But like I said, to me, it seems more like a childish game than a professional sporting I did like, your, I did like your one where you had the, um, which I liked more, which is your one, which was the one you said a few weeks ago on the podcast or maybe a month ago. Yeah, well, so sorry, instead of the scrub going yep. to the team in uh, attacking territory, I'd give the scrub to the team in defensive territory. Less likely you... to result in point scoring and probably a more fair situation. And changing the factor of the game. Yeah. Uh, I think there was one more real. They're going to trial in the uh, New South Wales and Queensland Cups. If a team is down to 12 men uh, or less, um, they're going to be forced to have six players in the scrub. Interesting. So, yeah, they're trialling that one in the reserve grade competition, so I'll be interested to see how that one goes. Um, I don't know if it'll be successful, but <laughs> it's the way it is. It'll be, be hard to defend if you got one down and have to have six of the scrum. I, uh, well, you should be punished, I guess. Yeah, for... but then if, uh, if you're on the attack and you're one down, yeah, it makes it harder as well to attack. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. It's probably the best. Best one that I've heard. <laughs> Which is one the thing concerning for me is in yep. this whole thing is that we actually haven't trialed any of these rules. We haven't gone to a trial match. We haven't gone to a, a dead rubber last year. So if we're thinking about changing games, we had a few games like the Knights and Titans. I think it was the last game of the, one of the last rounds of the season, or was it Dragons and Titans? Sorry. Yeah. That's a complete dead game. What impacted no one. Why weren't we trying, if the, if these were the rule changes, why weren't we trialling at least a couple of them in that game? Yeah, um, well, I don't know how successful that type of arrangement is. A couple of years ago, um, we tried to do that with uh, an end-of-season game. I think it was Knights and Dragons. I could be wrong. They had the no, challenge system right. in place, yeah. and no one challenged the whole game. So I had no idea <laughs> how it worked. Even but another thing is that like the challenge system to anyone has actually been trialed in the 20s a few yeah but it's going to be cut. from what I've heard it's going to be completely different to that one 
But it's been a failed concept in the 20s. Yeah. I still go back to a Panthers game. I remember being at Panther Stadium where they kicked a, a 40-20 and they had it on TV so the referee could actually quickly check with the video referee. Yeah. At the time, to confirm if that went to a 40-20. And the video referee said, no, it landed a metre short. And then the players challenged. And the players challenged with 20 seconds left because they, they had that one challenge up their sleeve. And then yep. we had to go back over the system again and he had to give it a fair shot for us to find out the person who made the original decision stuck to his original decision. Like subject of Rugby League World, we've got Peter Valandis, the new Australian Rugby League Commission chairman. What, what do you think about him? Well, I was excited when, we, when it was announced that he was going to be the chairman because of how well he's done in the racing world. Um, He's created the Everest, um, which is challenging the Melbourne Cup in only a couple of years for um, national stage, which is a, an amazing effort to take away from the Melbourne Cup. Um, and he's, he's done a couple of wonderful deals for um, New South Wales Racing. So I was very excited at first. Uh, unfortunately, excitement has been crushed with recent talks that he's come out with. Um, most noticeably, uh, he's saying, why would we waste millions of dollars on rusted on AFL fans in WA? Saying that only a couple of months before we go to WA for an NRL Nines competition. Uh, that seems like putting your foot in your mouth straight away. Um, I don't know. I'd rather, I don't know, I'd rather uh, commissioners that don't know the team's names at <laughs> this stage. Sounds like he's going to take us back to the 80s. Yeah, he's love of suburban football. He's, uh, I don't know, he's, like you said. Yeah, uh, so that, that will be interesting how that plays out because the NRL got the major stadiums in New South Wales upgraded on an agreement with the New South Wales government that the stadium policy between the government and the major sport in New South Wales uh, will be based upon major stadiums. So we'll get all three of those upgraded. Um and the government would not pay to upgrade suburban football and all our suburban football grounds. And all of a sudden, he wants to upgrade suburban football grounds. So will the NRL get the best of both? Uh, or will the government uh, uh, say no and really back themselves? I, well, I mean, I think they'll probably try to back themselves, but I, you never know. But another thing that concerns me... Um, is the rule changes, which is always the last topic, but the 20,000 people did a survey. Yeah, so that's, he, that's hardly anybody. In, he did uh, some research. So just basically an average NRL crowd almost. Yeah. There's maybe just a tad more. So he's gone, it's like he's gone to a, 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 team's, a normal team, a normal game, and has put a survey out and collected the results of 20,000 people because he referenced the survey a fair bit. On the rule changes, yeah. uh, that was alarm bells, very strong alarm bells. If you, the Perth on the Perth comment wasn't alarm bells, that definitely is. Um, if I had to rate him out of ten to uh, start it, I'd be give him a very generous one out of ten. Being ten being awesome, one being really bad. Well, <laughs> I I think we got to give him some t- like he's just taken over the job as well. So I think we have to to be fair to him have to give him a uh, considerable amount of time in the role before we can actually judge on what he's done. But 
the noises he's making to start with aren't good. I'm concerned a bit. Talking about a 17th team for the TV deal, um, and that's going to be in Brisbane. That way we'll have a Brisbane game every week, which would raise the TV deal um, uh, figure. But then again, it doesn't give us any extra content. So um, it's it's a bit of a noodle scratcher. The one rule we did forget was tackling the the attacking player in midair, so you can't. Oh tackle yeah, it. so now you can no longer tackle any player in the air. Uh, yeah, I think uh, we're going to see a lot of pretty easy tries from that in 2020. Uh, oh, I don't like that rule. No, if you bring them down safely, you've got to be able to stop the try being scored. Surely, not just stand there and watch someone jump over you and land on the ground and score a try. Um, it takes me back to the uh, the Warriors and Bulls game earlier this year, when uh, Stephen Kearney had lost his. Marbles because it was uh, Christian Crichton, I think, kept tackling Ken Romalo in the air when they kept doing kicks and he kept stopping him from scoring. Yeah. Um, and then he was like, you shouldn't be able to tackle someone in the midair. And I'm like thinking, what can Christian Crichton, a winger his size, do compared to a Ken Romalo, a Daniel Tupu, a Vunavalu type of winger? Yeah, no, they, come up, they come up against Dow Crichton or Bailey, we're going to be in for a long day. Um, yeah. But, look, I think it's one of those things that, like, at first I was really outraged by it, but by 2021, 2022, we could see uh, a way where that's completely, where a Barrett, like, soft tries from that sort of play can be eradicated. So we might have to go through some short-term pain, uh, but in a couple of years it might be all right. Hopefully. Hopefully. (laughs) Well, like just, I'm just thinking maybe the wingers are going to have to defend on the dead ball line, especially the winger that's furthest away from the ball. So if they're over on the left-hand side and you're the right winger, maybe you have to defend on the dead ball line. So that way if a kick comes across, you can run forward and contest the ball. Um, and yeah, it's going, to be, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to judge who gets the ball. Like if someone catches the ball half a second before... Uh, another player's catch the ball and then there's a penalty because of he's tackled him or he's deemed to tackle him. It's going to be a bit of a farce. But, um, look, this rule's been in the Super League and there's been a clip on social media showing how farcical it is, but this rule's also been in the International Rugby League for the last couple of years and it hasn't been an issue. So, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. All right. Is that all for this week, Scotty? Well, that wraps up our show, which, like you said from the start, which is our final show for 2019. And we'll come back hopefully in the second week of January, if not mid-Gen. Um, we'll like yeah, so if you got any ideas on how to improve the show, make sure you contact us and let us know. We'll be tossing up a few ideas, maybe making a few changes. Um, hopefully it's bigger and better next year. That's what we're hoping for. So we wish everyone a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Absolutely, stay safe out there, and keep in touch with us. Like you said, with our with the ideas and anything else in general, on Twitter NRL Bulldogs fans, Instagram NRL Bulldogs underscore fans, or you can flick us an email at nrlbulldogs.fans at gmail.com. dot <laughs>